God is good. And all the time. One time I was flying down the road and any of y'all that have ever driven with me somewhere know that that's true. Lord, I repent in Jesus' name. <laughs> I was flying down the road in my 2004 25th anniversary screaming yellow Mustang convertible. Going way faster than I would have been going. And then I had one of the most awful feelings in my life. And one of my front tires blew out just as big as you could ever have it blow out. Who, who in here has experienced a blowout going to full speed going down the road? Yeah, man, it is not a good feeling. Here I am cruising with the top down, sunglasses on, jamming. All of a sudden, the bad deal. And I pulled off, you know, I didn't, didn't hit anybody, thank goodness. And God was watching over me and just his grace is so big, man. I, I posted on Facebook the other day, yesterday, I think. Man, if God's grace is like an ocean, mine's more like a mud puddle. But I'm so thankful for the ocean of grace that God has. And, and, and so I, I fight my way over to the side of the interstate, man, and I pull off the road and I get out. And sure enough, my tire is just shredded, right? Just shredded. And, and I'm standing over there on the side of the road and I'm like, oh, man, thank you, God. You know, thank you, God, for watching over me. Thank you, God, for, for taking care of me, for having your hand on me, for not letting me, you know, die, you know, right now, just out of nowhere. And then I'm like, oh, Lord, please let there be a spare tire in the back of this car, because you know what? I have never looked. Yeah. And so I go out and I like, you know, raise up the, the hatchback there and, and I'm, I'm digging through, you know, all the stuff that I've got piled in my trunk. And so by the time I've got done, I've got like a big pile of stuff laying over here on the side of the interstate on the shoulder. You know, it looks like I'm moving out. And like I finally, you know, you raise up the thing. And, and sure enough, man, thank God there's a, there's a donut tire sitting in there and then all the stuff that comes with it, you know, to be able to fix my, uh, my, my tire situation. And I'm like, man, thank you, Jesus, that even though I never even looked for it, yeah. that, 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 that there's a spare tire, you know, in this trunk and that there's everything that I need to be able to continue on my journey. Thank you, Jesus. And, and I expected for the Holy Spirit to just be like, you're welcome. You're welcome, my beloved child. You're welcome. Because, I mean, I said thank you, right? Instead, I got a whole different kind of word from the Lord that day. <laughs> the Lord was like, what if you had been as thankful for the four tires you had as you are for the spare tire that was in your trunk? Why, Paul, do you treat me like a spare tire? So I'm standing on the side of the interstate with a donut tire in my hand just bawling. <laughs> and I have to wonder if some people didn't drive by and be like, man, that guy, dude. Like, it's okay, buddy. It's just a flat tire, right? And like, I mean, I'm standing on the side like with a tire tool in one hand and a donut tire just going, ah, just weeping before the Lord, man. Because I, too often I treat him like a spare tire. I go to him when I have a blowout. But when I'm cruising down the road and everything is going just fine, when I'm able to do 85 miles down the road and have my stereo blasting, he's the last thing on my mind. Way too 
often. I go to the Lord when I need to be healed. And I forget to thank the Lord for the healing that he has already done in me. Like Pastor Brent opened the service with, man, if you came here today to find some healing in the Lord, just know that that healing has already begun. Oh, no, wait. That healing's already been completed. Because you know what? God's not a spare tire. God is all four tires that keep you going. God is the car you're riding in. God is the fuel that makes that thing go. And you know what else? God is the road that you are traveling on because He is the way and He is the truth and He is the life. Can somebody say amen and give Him a shout of praise at the Way Church today because I'm telling you, He deserves it. No more spare tire God around here at the Way Church. Can you say amen? Would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word today? And I'm going to be, I'm going to do my best to be concise today because we got a lot of praying to do at the end of service. I'm in the book of James in chapter 5. I'm starting in verse 13. And the word of God says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone here suffering? Anybody you know suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful in its effect. Uh, Elijah was a human being just as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain. And the land produced its fruit. Don't rain, the crops don't grow. Do you know that? Father, we come to you today praying. Some praying as we suffer. Some praying as we rejoice. But here we stand praying all the same. And God, we cry out to you today inviting your spirit into this place. Into every heart into every mind, into every family, into every situation, into this church, God. We accept and receive your presence, God. We love you and we praise you. And God, I pray you'll just unlock this word in a way that we have never understood it before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give God a shout of praise today at the Way Church? You can be seated. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? They should sing praises, which is still praying, really. Prayer is communication with God. So here's the deal. If things are going bad, pray. If things are going good, pray. If things are going just regular, pray. Never in your life should there ever be a time when you are not crying out to God. Man, if you're in the midst of a struggle, you need to cry out to the only one that can fix it. Can you say amen? 
It's like I preached a few weeks ago, man. Don't tell me. Tell God. Don't tell me. Tell God. I can't do nothing to help you, but I know who can. If things are going great, man, tell God. Man, cry out to God too often. We, we, we get on top of the mountain and we know that he's the one that took his nail-scarred hands and boosted us up there. But instead of turning around and going, hey, thanks, God, we're like, look what I did. I climbed a mountain. Man, if you're, at the, if you're in the valley, man, pray. If you're at the top of the mountain, pray. And, and, and vice versa. It says if you're, you know, if you're cheerful, man, sing praises. And if you're suffering, pray. But, man, it, it works the opposite way, too. You know what I'm saying? If you're down in that valley, sing praises to the Lord. Sing praises to the Lord. Praise Him in that storm. That's, it's, I'm not a huge Casting Crowns fan, but I love that song, man. I'll praise you in this storm. That's one of the greatest things that was ever written. But because it's so true. It's so true. Man, we'd be crying out to God like, fix it, Jesus, fix it, Jesus, fix it, Jesus. And we forget that He already did. We forget that by His stripes we are healed, not will be healed. By His stripes we are healed. Can you say amen? We are. The, the healing has already come. Yes and amen. The promises of God. It's already here, man. It's already been done. It's already been poured out on us, man. It's just up to us to receive. So, man, it's time to pray. It's time to pray. And I don't care what situation you find yourself in, man. You ought to be praying. I mean, the, the first Thessalonians, are, yeah, in Thessalonians, it says to pray without ceasing. All the time. All the time. Every moment of our life should be prayer. should be open communication with God all the time. Man, when, 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 when you're going through life and everything seems like it's going okay, you should be in prayer. When, when you're on top of the world, man, you should be crying out to God like, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. And when you get into the midst of a struggle, man, the first thing, not the last thing, the first thing that you could do is pray. Man, too often I hear people say, well, all I can do is just pray about it. As if something else would be better. As if if there's a switch that I could flip, it would be better. All I can, all I can do is pray. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. Even if there was something else you could do, it would still be better for you to pray. Because you're crying out to the one that created the whole thing. To the only one that can really truly change you or anybody else. He's the one. Pray first, not last. And, and I'm preaching to the choir, I know, but I'm also preaching to myself because I find way too often that I do that. After I've exhausted every other opportunity available to me, then I pray. Then I pray. After I have tried to fix it till my fingers are bleeding, then I'm like, God, would you help me? How much better would life be? For me and everybody around me, if I went to him first. If I went to him first, if I didn't even think about doing anything else until I cried out to God. If it was not even on my mind. If every situation that I went into in my life, whether it be good or whether it be bad, that that was the first thing that I decided to do was pray. So when should we pray? Only two times. In season and out of season. All the time. It should be the number one thing that we do in our life is to pray. And, and, and this scripture tells us. It also tells us who should pray, which I think is really cool. So it says if you're suffering, he should pray. If you're cheerful, 
He should pray. So I mean, who should be praying, man? You should be praying. And, and too, too many times in my life, and I know I've said this a million times like a broken record, but too many times people have come to me and be like, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. And I'm like, well, why don't you pray for you? I'm like, oh, I just can't pray for myself. What? Well, if you can't pray for yourself, then that's a bigger problem than whatever problem that you're dealing with. Like that's it. You, you've already, you, you've addressed your problem right there and knowing is half the battle. That's the problem. Because who would know better how to pray for you than you? Because, I mean, I love you guys and I know that I'm really, really close to a lot of you, but I don't really know what's going on under the surface. I mean, sometimes I do, but a lot of times I don't. And, you know, as, and as good of a judge of character and things that I think that I am, a lot of times I'm deceived, man. I don't really know what's going on in your life. And I might be praying the complete and total wrong thing. I might be praying for your facade instead of praying for what's really going on under the surface. I don't care about fixing your face. I just want God to fix your heart. You know? I just want God to fix your heart, man. But it starts with you. So who should pray? You should pray for you. And that's how this whole thing starts. Look at what the Bible says. You should be praying for you. And what I mean by that, and, and, and Jen posted something about that on Facebook the other day, man, we should be praying in a, a way that God challenges us. God, make me. God, mold me. God, shape me. God, empower me. God, challenge me. Anybody ever pray, God, challenge me? Ugh. That's horrifying, dude, because he just might. I mean, God, mold me and shape me. Put me on the potter's wheel, man. Spin me round and round. God, do something in my life. Make me into the man or woman that you designed me to be. Help me to go on this path that you've got me on. God, fill me. God, heal me. God, help me. That should be our prayer all the time. But also, we go just along what the scripture says. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. I should pray for you. I should be, as the pastor, as, you know, Vince's new life pastor and, and, and Sean and, and Larry as our elders that are here and, and Pastor Brent up there, we should be praying for you. That's what it says, that the elders of the church should be praying for you. So we are called to pray for you, to, to anoint you with oil and to pray that God will just do a mighty work in your life. Why? Is it because we're better than you? No, no. God has assigned us certain roles and when we act in obedience... God blesses that. I'm called to do that because it's what the scripture says to do. To call you before the church to bring our elders and pastors up here to anoint you with oil and to pray over you and God honors obedience. It's what I'm called to do. That's part of my purpose. And, and I preached about that last week, man, but I think sometimes we get purpose messed up. Sometimes our purpose is what the Holy Spirit is like fueling us on the inside to do. And sometimes it's lined out for us in Scripture just real nice and easy. Well, I don't know what my calling is. Well, dude, it's right there. You know, it's right there. That's part of my duty as pastor is to bring people to the front of the church, to anoint them with oil, and to pray for them. Well, why do we anoint people with oil? Listen, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit of the living God, right? Back in the book of Genesis, Jacob smeared some oil on a rock and anointed it as a place that was set apart for God. That's the first place that anointing takes place. Christ actually means anointed one. Anointed one. And, and, and basically, if you go to the base translation of the words, really what Jesus Christ means is Jesus who was smeared with the Holy Spirit. That's what it means. 
That he was just covered and slathered with the Holy Spirit of the living God. That's what it means. What what Christ means. Anointed one, smeared, covered, poured it on him. And so that's what we're doing when we're going to call people forward here in just a minute, anoint them with oil and pray for them. It's just a symbol of the covering of the Holy Spirit of the living God. When we, we put that oil on you, it means that you're set apart, that you belong. Belong to God. You've been identified as something that belongs to God. And you know what? God takes care of the things that belong to him. Can you say amen? Yeah, man. Give him praise for that. You know, if something don't belong to you, then you don't care much about it, right? Something don't belong to you, then... But man, when it's yours, when it's yours, it means something to you. When it's yours, you do whatever you can to make sure that it's in good shape, to make sure that it's well taken care of. Well, man, when you belong to God, he takes care of you, takes care of you. And so that's what we're going to do. So, so two things, you are to pray for you, right? And then we, I, we as the leadership of the church, we are to pray for you. So it's not a wrong thing. That's a right thing. And here's the next part. And this part's even better. It says, well, it says the, the, the prayer of faith will save a sick person. The Lord will raise him up, man. I just believe that that's true. I, I, believe, I know it's true. I used to not, but I believe it's true now. I'll tell you about that in a minute. If he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Well, what a powerful moment, man. Check this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. You're to pray for you. I'm to pray for you. And we are to pray for us. Does that make sense? We're to pray for us. That means all of y'all should be praying for each other. All the time. All the time. And it means that you need to have some people in your church family, in your family, amongst your friends that you can trust. That you can trust. That you can share with them what's going on in your life so that they can pray for you you got to have some people. I mean, I've got some people. You know, I've got some people. I've got some folks that are the very first ones that I cry out to do, hey, man, I need y'all to pray for me right now. And then I know some of y'all are connected with me like that. Some of y'all just send me some messages, and you're like, hey, man, I need prayer right now. I need you to pray for me for this, for X, Y, and Z, and whatever, man. you got to have some people. We have to pray for us. you got some people in your life that you can trust. The two things, you know that they really will pray for you when they say that they will. And also that they won't go blabbing everything that's going on in your life everywhere around them. You've got to have people like that in your life. If you ain't got none, find some. Find some. You know, we're about to launch a small group here in about a month, man. And you'll be able to find some in those groups if you don't have any already. But you need some people like that. That's what the Bible says. That, that you're have, you have to be able to confess what's going on in your life to the people around you. So that they can earnestly and righteously pray for you. So it goes like this. You pray for you. I'll pray for you. And we will pray for us. And that way prayer is happening constantly. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. God is always getting cried out to by somebody, everybody, anybody in this room. Can you say amen? And how do we pray? See, this scripture tells us the whole kit and caboodle, man. How do we pray? Bible says this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. Oh, man. Well, I guess that cuts me out of the chase, doesn't it? The prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. Does that mean you've got to act right, be right, do right to be able to have God hear your prayers? No. 
No, 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 no. There's only one way to be righteous. And it's not by acting right. And it's not by talking right. And it's not by dressing right. And it has nothing to do with your church membership or how much you put in the plate. There's only one way to be righteous. You're only righteous if you are covered by the sacrificial blood of the Son of the living God. Because He that knew no sin became sin so you could become the righteousness of God. There is no other way. So if you're a blood-bought, baptized, born-again, spirit-filled believer, then your prayer has power because you've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, give Him some praise today at the Way Church. Your prayer has power. Your prayer has power. Not just mine. Not just Jim's and Carly's because they're up there singing. Not just ours. Not just Brent's because he prays at the beginning of service. Not just my wife because she prays over the kids. No. If you have Jesus Christ in your life, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God, your prayer has power. Your prayer has power. This is not some show where I stand up here and talk about how great I am and I'll pray for you. This is a place where you are empowered to do the work that God has called you to do. You to do. I'm not here to tell you how great a disciple Paul Grider is. I'm here to empower you so that you can be the great disciple that God has designed you to be. Can you say amen? That's what this is about. That's why we're doing this today. That's why. And yeah, we're going to call people forward in a minute and have the pastors and elders anoint them to pray for them. Why? Just because it says to. Just because it says to. And we want to model. We want to model for you doing what God's called us to do. So that then you can go out into the world and do what God's called you to do. I mean, yeah, we want to see God heal. And we're going to see God heal. There's miracles in this room right now. There's miracles in this room right now just waiting to happen. I, I like that rattle, rattle song, man. There's another miracle right here in this room, and he's not going to run out of them anytime soon. Because that's who he is, and it's what he does. So you got to pray. The prayer of the righteous man has power. And if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, that's you. It's not some other. I, I like what Brent talked about a couple weeks ago, man. It's not like other. It's you. And we read that, and we've been taught by the world to think it's some kind of other thing. Oh, well, only righteous people can pray this. No, it's you. If you you reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment, it's you. It's you. It's you. You read this scripture, man. When we do home groups, we always put ourselves in the scripture. It's you. He's talking to you. The next part of how to pray is you got to do it earnestly. Listen to this. Elijah was a human being just as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the land. He prayed again, and the sky gave its rain, and the land produced its fruit. (laughs) Elijah was a man just like me and you. And yet, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. He, He caused it not to rain for three years. Listen, when I went to Israel, yes, I did. I went there. When we left Tel Aviv, the very first like site that we went to was Mount Carmel, which is where Elijah 
called down fire to consume the offering and defeated the prophets of Baal. Dude, when we got off the bus, and I've heard this same testimony from every person that I've ever talked to that went there. Dude, you can just feel it. You can just feel the, the, the electric, electrifying power of the Holy Spirit just dwelling there, right? Just dwelling there. I got off the bus and I was like, whoo. The hair was just standing up on my arms. I was like, this is different. And, and, and we walked up there, man, and you can just feel the power of God. The power of God. And, and it, it, this is not a site where, and I'm sure he probably went there at some point, but this is not a site where Jesus was. This is not a site of a big story of a, of a movement of God that worked through the Son of God. This is a story of a movement of God that worked through somebody that was just a man. Because he prayed earnestly. You know what the word earnestly means? Seriously. Intensely. It meant that he meant it. He meant it. He meant it. And that has more power than anything else. If you cry out to God and you mean it, that's where the miracles come. That's where the miracles come. You know, we've been talking about lately that, that some of the things that happen in this ministry are, are kind of commonplace to us to where at some other places it seems like just like a crazy thing because we mean it. Yeah. And, and I'm not putting anybody else down. I'm just saying we just mean it. Like when we say we're fully dependent on God, man, we mean it. We mean it. We're not trying to do this on our own because I've done fell on my face too many times. I can't do this. Yeah. Hey, you know, my best chance at, you know, at life, you know where it got me. You know where it got me. And then my best chance at ministry. Yeah. Like my best chance at ministry got me on the other end of a phone call saying, your services are no longer needed. We wish you the best in all your future endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to do now, God? Look around you. This is what God wanted us to do now. Can you say Amen. When should you pray? When things are going bad and when things are going good. And even more when things are just regular. Who should pray? You should pray for you. I should pray for you. And we should pray for us. Does that make sense to everybody? And how should we pray? Righteously. That means full of the Spirit of the living God and under the blood of Jesus Christ and earnestly. And that means that we don't go to God with some kind of half-hearted, yeah. wimpy, watered-down kind of prayers. That means when we have the audacity, and we should because we've been born again, to go boldly to the throne room of God that we need to go up there with something that means something. Uh, God, uh, I mean, you probably won't. <laughs> you probably won't, but I mean, if you wanted to, no, man. You need to pray like you mean it. You need to pray like you're expecting something to happen. 
You need to pray like you know that he's going to move. That he's going to do what he says that he's going to do. That he's always going to be who he since the beginning has told us that he's going to be. The most powerful moment probably in my life is when I just heard the voice of God speak and say, I am. And you know what, guys? That's all we need. That's all we need.